Hello, everybody. Welcome to a, I guess, two-in-a-row emergency edition of uh, RZ Weekly. I'm Ravain Spolter. I'm here with Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Hello, Rabbi Johnny. Hello to listeners. Hello. And Rabbi Malibrovsky. Hello. That's, that's your cue to say hello, right? Yes, we've been, hello. We've been, we've been doing <laughs> yeah, this for a couple of weeks. We're yeah. a little bit uh, We're all a little today, spacey. So, yeah. 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 Yes. Um, so I actually asked uh, my, my esteemed colleagues to take, take out some time and to record together with me uh, just to talk because I just, I don't know, I've been, I've been okay until now. But uh, I feel like uh, the, the Pasuk in Breshit, uh, I, I think it's applying emotionally and, and, and spiritually um, even as much as it does physically. And I guess day one for us was Shabbat, where we knew, but we didn't really know. I don't know how it was for you guys, whether you actually heard rumors. Day two yesterday, and now we're, we're on day three. And, um, and, and it's just difficult to process and, you know, difficult to function and it's even um we even actually were, we were we started recording we should have started recording 15 minutes ago but uh we got a uh, message from from molly like you know no sirens got to go into the mamad everything's okay molly yes thank god they, apparently there was just a heavy barrage to yerushalayim and the gush area um we are all fine apparently again i don't know details i'm sure by the time people hear this if any if there was anything serious they would already know but apparently a building was hit in Beitari elite directly which mm. sounds a little concerning to me but Bezrat Hashem, everybody will have been safe Bezrat Hashem. so i'll just, just yes. describe my our experience now johnny i'm sure yours is very much the same i live oh. in yamin okay. very close there to might be there me. might be some injuries by the way in Beitar. Mm. okay all right, everyone should be safe. We think about them and pray for them. Um, where I live in Yabin we're very much close to Tel Nof, so we hear the planes coming and going now at all hours of the day. But we're also so close that if you open the window, and especially at night, you can hear the barrage of, of, of I would say, of mortar fire, of artillery fire. So it's almost like you're living in the area and the envelope on the window of, of the war zone. And it really keeps it on your mind all the time. You can I mean, you can't hear it now. I don't know if you can hear behind me, but you hear the helicopters go by. So it's all, it's an ever presence in our minds, and we're trying to like wrap our heads around just a, such a, a an all encompassing tragedy. So I, I said I, I I mean obviously Johnny has a lot to add as well, but I I'm turning to you, Molly, as a licensed therapist and someone with experience in these areas. I imagine it's not Ruvain Spolter alone or Mali Brovsky alone or Johnny Solomon alone. Um, I know that I'm doom scrolling way too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, way, way too much, but I can't keep myself away because it somehow makes me feel connected in some way. And I got to stop doing it, but I'm not stopping to do it. And I'm sure I'm not alone on that. But like, we're not here for the news. How do we, what are your coping mechanisms? Other than I ran this morning, but... Uh, which yeah, helps, good for but, you. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'll just share a little bit. Like you know, you started with where your situation is. So for us, um, and, and and this I think is related because I think everybody's coping from their own place and everybody's unique um, kind of trauma or processing is related to whatever it is that they have to process. So here in Alon Shvut, first of all, I have a son in conscripted and he's actively in service right now. Um, everybody who wants to daven for him, I would be very, very happy for that. Um, but you know, what you described, it was, it's like, uh, 
for us also, like we started hearing on Shabbos and Chastora, I don't know how, everybody knows everything very quickly. Um, so people just started knowing what was going on very quickly. The, and it's a yeshuv. So like, you know, from like eight to 10 to 12 to five, when my son was Wait, called. did you have sirens in, you probably didn't have sirens no, in the morning. We had one. No, no, we had one. We had one. We had one siren. Um, but but you, had regular, was, you had regular Simchat Torah morning? Like, or they didn't we, cancel we that? Were, no, it was like, at, I would say at like 8.30 or 9, my son came into the room and said, something's happening. We also were across the street from an army base. So it was very clear that um, something was happening. My, my son said, I hear a lot of booms and um, there's stuff happening. There, there's a lot of activity from the army base. Something is going on. Um, we went to our minion um, and then, again, the Shmuel were already retzot, I think probably also because people were already being called up. You know, people were getting information. During our minyan, um, you know, just these like little events that just explain how it was. The the guy who got Hassan's Torah's wife wasn't there because she was helping his daughter who had just gotten called up pack up her stuff to go. Um, in the middle, they're like, we're taking a short break. Everybody who has neshek, which is arms, go home, get your neshek and come back. Because apparently that was the um, um, hanchaya. How do you say hanchaya? Instruction. Um, instruction. Um, in the middle of davening, there was an azaka. We all had to find our way to the azaka, but we did come back to the tefillah and then we went home. Um, and on our way out, everybody's saying infiltrations. I heard, I, you know, something bad in the south. Um there's a Missy Bat Teva. There's a party that was attacked. I heard that too. Hmm. Um, but, and again, for us, the day was, they, they, they set up a um, emergency center because everybody was being called up. So like to get people rides out of the Yishuv, you know, to places like to help organize rides from Alon Shvut to all the various places that soldiers needed to go and get them rides. We were told to put on our phones. Um, we were told to check our phones. Um but as you said, also, even even with all of that. Um, Wait, so you started checking your phone you and you still meeting from messages? Like, How hard is it not for, to go check Saki, the news? For the emergency. No, no, no. We would think most people were able to just check the emergency notifications. Hmm. Um, but again, you know, when 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 my neighbor's son-in-law is called up and he's talking to his mefaked, he gets information, which he then shares, you know. Right. Um, so... It was that kind of a thing, but I don't think any of us had any sense of the scope until after Shabbat. Um, and Even then, you went to sleep Saturday night, not really knowing the scope of it, yes, anything. Although you, I you had, had no a sense, idea. we all we all we all knew that it might get really, it might be really, really worse than people were saying. There were indications of that, but I don't think anybody, as you said, every day, every, nobody really expected that we would be where we are now in terms of numbers. Um, in terms of numbers of, of captured, in terms of of, of murdered, and it, it, the whole thing. Um, so again, so just to come back to your question about coping. So like we're Wait, all coping. you know what I think yeah. I think it's better. Let me turn to Johnny and Johnny I'll for those of us for those yeah for those watching on News Channel Eight, you can see next to Johnny behind him is the Sefer Torah. So um, Johnny, can you explain like did you Johnny lives south of me, closer to the Otef than I do? And um, did you did did you guys? So for us, interestingly, they canceled davening. Like as soon as we had azakot mm -hmm. after azakot after azakot, right, and they only had one. They sent a oh, message yeah. out. They canceled davening. So some people is very reminiscent to me of COVID. So a bunch of people did minyan erechov, 
But for whatever reason, in the where and where I live, I sort of missed out on it. So I did not have uh, davening on Simchat Torah, which was mm-hmm. uh, you know interesting and sort of traumatic, very much reminiscent of like it was a very like the afternoon was a quiet afternoon where you were by yourself. You know, very much reminded me of COVID. So Johnny, I'm looking behind you every Sefer Torah. What what happened in 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 uh, uh, you know in the yeshuv that you live in? So I live. Uh... 20, well, more than 20 kilometers further south to you, 20 kilometers from the Gaza border. Um, and overall, for example, when when there are rockets uh, in the south, we feel them because we're in the Shvila, we're in the flat areas, so too are you, uh, which means that the ground literally shudders uh, whenever there's attacks to uh, southern cities and whether we defend uh, our country and, and, uh, and bomb Gaza. Uh, we had, we were awoken by lots of booms in the five thirty six o'clock range on Shabbat morning. We had numerous azakot between six and seven. Um, uh, kind of now we kind of used to that azakot. Unfortunately, are familiar things. So we said, "Oh my gosh!" And how annoying azakot. The night before, by the way, my wife had a whole bunch of friends over and things were absolutely normal. We went to shul, we came home, a whole bunch of women came to our house, they had a great time, etc. But azakot still, again, is something somewhat familiar. Um, but still, it was quite clear that this was not normal. The amount of azakot, the amount of booms, meaning I didn't need at that moment the news to tell me something was different. Uh, so I learned tafyomi. <laughs> Uh, and and by eight o'clock, it was quite clear that there were too many azakot to to justify uh, and think it right for people to gather together. Now, unlike your two communities, we don't have a rabbi shuvi. We don't have a rabbi the yeshuv. Um, and I and somebody else is a posek for my minyan, of which we don't have a community rabbi. So basically, we are uh, I'll, I'll arguably the religious decisors of of p- policy and different things just a few days before. And I've written a different, a bunch of different shuvot about other things for our community. So uh, I made sure to make, I, I made sure to go to shul just before eight o'clock. It was evidently obvious. And I didn't know much else that we're not having services because our shul doesn't have a safe room. And we got to look after the security of all our uh, community members. And we all live relatively close by. Now, when I went to shul, which is just a minute or two from my house, uh, a few of my friends and neighbors updated me. They said there's talk of 50 to 100 terrorists have infiltrated Israel. Um, that's what we knew. We said, well, there's no way we're going to gather here. Um, so we basically said we're not having services. But at that point, all it was was severe rockets with a worry of some terrorists somewhere. And and we kind of said maybe we should just do many services, 10 or so people in people's houses, so that if there were to be a siren, everyone would be able to get into a safe room safely. And that was the holding decision basically between 8 and 8.30. I live relatively nearby. My two neighboring houses go to my uh, service. So I said, let's come to my house. We have a, a big inside uh, area. And we said, sure. So I carried a sefer to my house. And uh, we were going to be cautious and responsible, but still with an understanding that that would be an appropriate thing to do, all things known. However, uh, uh, soon after, just as I was walking home, um, sorry, even before I went to shul, I apologize, before I went to shul, one of my neighbors 
drove out to the Yishuv wearing his army uh, uniform. It was quite clear that something else was happening. It wasn't quite clear what. When I came back from Shul, uh, that half an hour later, um, already things had changed. Rather than just some terrorists infiltrating Israel, there was talk that they had uh, taken a couple of kibbutzim hostage. Um, then, uh, while people were starting to come into my house, we were about to start kind of doing some kind of service. My neighbor's son got a message that he was called up. My neighbors kind of said, oh, we can't be part of the service. We just need to support our son right now for the next few minutes. Um, and then the police drove past basically saying, there's no gathering of anything. We're really worried about terrorists uh, coming into Yishuvim in the south. Everyone go inside your houses, go inside, lock your doors. That's a standing order. I we said, fine, of course, everyone does what they do. So my neighbor goes off uh, uh to, to whichever base he needs to go to. Everyone goes into their houses. I have a Sefer Torah. The service, which was going to happen, of course, doesn't happen. Um, so my, my kids are already awake because we've had sirens uh, by this point. We also had a guest, a seminary student, who was is this all new to her. We also had to explain these things to her. I said, listen, there's a lot of uncertainty. We kind of need to know what's going on. But whatever happens, we first davened. So we first davened. Um, and because we had a Sefer Torah, I said, you know what? Uh, ordinarily, I'd read from a Chumash, but I might as well read from it as a general idea. <laughs> that if you take a Sefer Torah out, you should use it. So I opened a Sefer Torah. I was in, in our dining room table. And I lay in Parashat Vezot uh, And uh, I say, I, I wrote about this on Facebook. It was kind of chilling because it talks about there, how uh, it talks about the different borders of the land of Israel. It talks about how the land of Israel has been given to the Jewish people. And in that moment, when we realized we were under attack, and in that moment, we realized that this isn't like we've had before. Those words took on a whole different meaning. After right, let's let's go let's go back to Mali and go second, back let me to just the, you want to add one let me more just thing? Finish one, yeah. one more thing, which is after after I lamed, because we were worried about imminent threat. Um, not only did we turn on our phones, but I decided to turn on the television. We had to know what was happening outside of our house because we're blocked off, and because their talk of of terrorists in the south, and basically from approximately 11, 11.30 from Shabbat, because obviously when we turn on the TV, we're not going to mess around. It's not for fun. So we had the news on from then on till the end of Shabbat. That meant that I watched the evolution of what was going on hmm. from pretty much the very beginnings. Right. For example, most people who were obviously not watching television don't know that the first estimates of deaths, although even when we were told at that time this is not the final number. Brace yourselves. Were 22 people dead? That was the first formal number. Now, we were told, really warned, this is nothing like the real number. And the journalists were getting private messages, kind of seeing really horrific things and not communicating all of those. But I listened to almost, uh, you know, seven, eight hours of commentary. Uh, we had a Shabbos meal of sorts. We sang at the Shabbos meal in one form or another. But that became the order of the day, and 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 so it it was a horrendous day, because this was our worst fear ever, and seeing it play out and seeing journalists themselves not believing what they're reporting, um, and us ourselves processing it um, obviously was difficult. I tried to make space for my kids to play, because I didn't need them to be listening to this the whole time, but I needed them to know enough to know how to act and to know what to respond. And just one final thing, which is, because of where we were, we weren't just getting messages from the uh, local you know, community leaders. 
the people were exchanging messages, which were crucial. And it was kind of almost ironic. Three Rabbanim from my Yishuv, because even when we got Rav Yishuvi, a number of people are quite learned, quite, uh, uh, you know, uh, significant religious voices. You know, we're, we're messing each other about crucial things. And that was what's happening. You know, people are talking about pikuach nefesh matters, about protecting where we live, about protecting our sons and daughters who are going off, about looking out for yourselves, about what's going on. And so there was, there was and continues to be real fear uh, being felt in communities like ours, knowing that the places which were terrorized are just a short drive away. Yeah, I, and one of the things that's so different that I notice when I'm in Chutzlar, it's from here, even though everybody has relatives and all of our all of our listeners know us all well or know, know, have relatives who know well, is how personal everything is here, how intimate it is, how close it is. How it, you know, as, as it's not a secret to know that a member of my yeshuv, a very, very prominent rabbi in, the, in, in our community, we, he doesn't know the whereabouts of his son. And, uh, and, uh, just so everyone is experiencing that. Everyone is, everyone is sharing as much as we possibly can, um, in, in, in that just tremendous anxiety and fear and dread and, and, ho and hopefulness. So I want to go back to Mali and, Give us a framework. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and if we're feeling that here, so we have listeners in Israel. We also have listeners in Chutzlaretz. You know, we have people who are educators who have to have to convey this kind of these kinds of messages to their children and their students. So, give us what you got. Okay. So the truth is, if uh, to give you what I've got would be a two-hour lecture on coping with trauma. So I'm not going to do that. So I guess it's you tell me what. If What's you're an educator yeah. or a community leader and want a two-hour seminar, Molly is available for yeah. Zoom. There are so, by the way, that's, that's a good thing to know, by the way. There are so many resources. There are so many resources online. There are so many um, um, people who are willing to help. Um, so if you're having trouble finding, I mean, besides the like classic, you know, there's a list of Israeli and I'm sure in America also like hotlines, but there's, there's just so much volunteering going on right now. If you're having problems connecting to somebody, reach out. So just so you know, for our listeners also from Herzog, Herzog Global, we just sent out a, an email blast with a five minute, uh, just like literally a five minute video, um, video message from, uh, from uh, you know, from a, a psychologist to talk about helping teachers, how they should talk about trauma in the classroom. Right. A psychologist named Nomi, Blue, Nomi Baum. I don't know if you know who mm -hmm. she is, Molly. Sure. Okay, she's really great, but just five minutes because I got to be honest with you, Molly. I don't have patience for two hours, and Absolutely. if you can send me, you send me a ton of things on our WhatsApp group. I'm not reading yes. it. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. So I'll give you, the only I'll thing give I can my, sit for I'll hours and do is watch minutes. NFL football. I can watch football five. videos and five. Netflix videos. So I will give Other you my that, five minutes. I'm out about what I think are the most to me what I think are the most important things. So this is completely off the cuff, um, but I'll tell you what I how I if if, you, if I have to set up my elevator pitch if I have to give you five minutes I'm going to try to hit the mm -hmm. things that I think are the most important. Okay, so first of all I think it is important and I'm glad we started with our stories because everybody as I said before everybody's processing different trauma different levels of trauma right everybody's dealing with different things that um, things are hitting them differently they know different things they have different concerns. Um, you know, they're worried about, about different things. They might be living in a dangerous place. They might have family members who are, you know, in active service. They might have, they might be know of people who are missing, or they might already know of people who they might have lost people. So every, everybody has their own trauma. Um, and so I think 
being aware of the the um, the validity of recognizing each person's individual trauma is of crucial importance. Um, and I think, um, and this is something Ruby you said in a different context, but you are very right. The most important thing to know, I'd say two things. One is all feelings and all emotions are legitimate and make space for all of them, for yourself, for your children. Every emotion is okay. Every feeling is okay. And there's no, there are no wrong emotions at this, at this moment. Um, and the other thing is the, the emotions need to be processed. Meaning what happens when a traumatic event happens is that our body takes our autonomic or our automatic system takes over our you might, you might have heard of flight, fight, or freeze, or or there's a few other ones now they talk about. But like your body immediately, your your prefrontal cortex, which is the t- thinking part of your brain, turns off, and your amygdala and limbic system, which is the automatic part of your brain, turns on, and you are basically taken. Your body is hijacked by your by the part of your brain that that responds to danger which is great. It's great that we have that part because that's the part that saves us in an emergency. Um, But that's the first part that responds. Okay. And we need to know that it's important to let that part respond, right? We need to process the emotions that are coming up for us automatically in that limbic system. And we need to get them into the prefrontal cortex. In other words, we need to let the emotions move through us. Okay. How do we do that? literally by letting them move through us, which means allowing yourself to feel the feelings, okay? A lot of the times we feel our feelings in our bodies. So allowing, it's good if you are, meaning I'm just going to reframe it, right? We're all going to be having somatic symptoms. It could be um, a, a stomach ache, a headache, a sore throat, a, a tight throat, uh, you know, um, cramped muscles, um, difficulty concentrating, right? We're, we all have them. So let's be aware that that's good. That's good that we're having them. That's our body responding to an awareness of trauma. And what we need to do is to let our body work through it. And so what we do is instead of denying or pushing away those sensations and emotions, we open up to them. We allow ourselves to feel them um, without any judgment. And this is the part that to me is the most important with a ton of compassion and acceptance right? So we turn towards our symptoms, right? Let's say I'm, let's say I'm, my heart is racing. So I, I feel my racing heart, but those of you on the zoom, you can see, I'm also putting my hand on my racing heart. That's, that's a compassionate gesture, right? I'm allowing my heart to race, but I'm also putting, I'm, I'm watching my heart race. I'm not getting lost in the racing heart, right? The first thing I'm doing is kind of stepping back and observing what's happening in my body and I'm letting it happen. And I'm not fighting it. Doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean I like how it feels, but I'm allowing it to happen inside me. Sometimes that's not so pleasant because you, when you pay attention, it might get a little stronger in the beginning. But usually, if you apply compassion and acceptance to the emotion, you let it work itself through. And usually, after you you give it its healthy healthy dose of of, of compassion and acceptance, it works itself through. Now, the other thing I want to say about this is what I'm describing is an immediate trauma response that we're feeling in our body. Right. Um, and that I think we all have to learn how to process. And there are also in this, I won't go into now because I think you can find this all online, like grounding exercises, breathing exercises, right? These are all like ways in which we can process the immediate emotional experiences that we're having. Right. And there are a whole bunch of them. One of the best and easiest rules I tell people breathing is awesome. When you breathe deeply, breathe in and out, you're telling your body that the that 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 the danger is gone. That's how that's how because you know that after you run. 
right? You take a deep breath. So breathe in and breathe out and let the exhale be longer than the inhale. It's just a very simple tip. Let it breathe in and breathe out with a longer exhale than an inhale. That tells your body to calm down. Um, so again, you can find grounding exercises. Grounding means you kind of become aware of the here and now. Some people call it dropping anchor. You can look up that expression, but all of these things, all the things that I'm describing now are what are called somatic interventions, which means attending to your body's needs and helping process the trauma through your body. Now, why is this so important? Because we can't move on until we have a basic sense of safety, right? If you're not feeling safe, right? Then your, 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 your autonomic system is still on and you won't be able to do anything else. You won't be able to think clearly, right? You, you can't, again, I said you have the limbic system. That's again, when, when you're in fight, flight, or freeze, you can, you're not thinking rationally, right? So, so to I, I will, I will share with you yesterday on, on our WhatsApp group, people started sending messages that there was a, that there was a chashash for Chadira, which is, I don't know, how do you translate that? Infiltration. A, yeah. A possible infiltration yeah, that everyone true. should go into their into their houses and lock the doors, kind of like mm-hmm. what they told people. And um, um, I have to say, like, I've never, I don't remember, feel like even the rockets don't bother me so yeah. much. We have the mamad. It was, it was, it was a, yeah. like, I think I'm reacting. I don't know. I think I'm reacting to that. And you feel like very much helpless, yes, absolutely. you know, like, okay. like it's so, so that, that's that really helplessness important. is, is, yes. So that's what, a, that's exactly. It's a traumatic feeling, you know, you're responsible feeling. for your family. Yes. Okay. So that's a really important thing to say, which is, um, therefore, right. The first thing to do is, by the way, thank God it was false. And hopefully the people will stop sending messages like that, which is an important message for people to stop sending messages. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, so I I just want, I see Johnny, you want to just finish up this point and then I'll, I'll take it to Johnny, which is, um, one of the things we want to do is to not feel helpless. We want to figure out what we can control. Right. And so, again, the first thing we can control is acceptance of what we're, what we're experiencing, kindness to ourselves, kindness to ourselves about what we're experiencing and to try to calm down our, our, our bodies and our nervous system. Once we've done that. Right. I think then we can move towards all, all types of all uh, so many other types of coping mechanisms. Right. Once you've kind of. Calmed the immediate. Like, you know, you've observed your thoughts you've observed your feelings, you've observed your physical sensations, you've accepted them all as legitimate, you've realized that you don't have to believe all your thoughts, they're just thoughts, they might not be true, but they, they like, I, it was interesting, I just had this with my daughter, I said, she's in my head, I just said, okay, let's go, let's see what's going on in your head. She said, I made space for all my thoughts. I said, terrific, you don't have to believe them all, they don't have to be true, I'm glad you made space mm-hmm. for them. And if, you know, now they can float away, or the ones that are important can stay, right? You know, because often we, we get hijacked by our thoughts. So making a space for your thoughts, that 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 actually I thought was a very good way of, of her to describe that. But then I also want to say, so then what? Right. So now I want to move to like the next stage, which is Ruby, you said you exercised. Moving your body is, is a very helpful thing to do. Um, I need my routine. I just can't yes, like okay. without it. I, so, I cannot okay. function. So this and is I, at least I know that. I, I'm, right. you know so, what I'm so my favorite um yeah, dropping anchor or grounding exercise called stop, stop, S-T-O-P, stop, take a breath, observe, observe is what I was just describing before. What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my physical sensations? Applying a lot of compassion and acceptance to them and then proceed. Proceed is what do I need to do now? And here is again, where I just want to say, just throw on the acceptance and compassion because for some people, what they might want to do is take a run. 
For other people, what really helps them do is to be doing good for others. And I don't know about you guys, but in our community, like we have, do you guys have this too, where it's like the list of things to do and it's just, it's never ending. We're getting from in the Yishuv, we're getting from out of the Yishuv, drive here, bake this. I don't want, again, I don't want to make The kids are going crazy. I mean, I've never yeah. seen this many cookies in my, in my exactly, house. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So for some people, that's really helpful. Let's go to Johnny. Let's go to Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want them to finish this idea. But for, I, this is because I really want to mention this compassion. For other people, they might not be ready for that. What they might need to do is wrap themselves in a blanket and, um, drink hot chocolate and, and watch Netflix. That might be what they need to do. And that compassion for that also. Right. And the final, so, so like, it isn't like there's one right thing to do. The P of the stop, take a breath, observe and proceed is what will help me? What will help me? And think of options, right? Will it help me to do things that are good for me personally? Will it help me to give? Will it help me? This always helps social support. Will it help me to talk to a friend? How about a hug? How about my parents? How about a dog? Right. What, what kind of connections can I build? That helps me too. So make a list of the things that help you so that you have that proceed and no guilt about if I don't want to, like, I, I feel that way very much. Like, like there's so many things that can be done. I'm being very, quite honest. I'm not up to that yet. I'm not up to that yet. I, I signed up. I can do Chayalim's laundry, but I'm not the person right now who is cooking 25 meals for every Chayal. I'm doing what I can and I'm giving myself all the compassion because of the other things that are in my life right now that I have to handle. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was a bit, a bit long, but. Moving to Johnny. No, thank you, Johnny. It's very helpful and, and genuinely thank you. Um, I just want to respond to some of the words you said, some in a more depressing way, some in a more uplifting way. You said the word helpless. And I mentioned that how on Shabbat, basically, I listened to the media for most of Shabbat day. And the most heartbreaking things that we heard, uh, and I don't know if you heard recordings of it, but were on the news live, um, people were calling the news, hiding from terrorists in their house with the fear that they were going to be caught. And, and the tragic thing is that some were. And they were calling the news anchors for for something, meaning for let, to let them know what's happening. The, the army wasn't there. The police wasn't there. And the, these news anchors, in a moment, had to become the ultimate therapists had to become the ultimate parents had to become the ultimate spiritual guides because they had a minute or two with people who were petrified for their life for absolutely true reasons. This wasn't fiction. This was reality. And I mean, these recordings were, I mean, heartbreaking is not even the word that describes the the chill that goes down your spine when you listen to this. I, I want to actually. Uh, I, Johnny, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't watch it. Oh, but you said they said about media, Johnny Ruby. I want to say that too. Limit your media consumption. I know that we can't get off of it. Limit it as much as possible. And if you need to like have a buddy, an accountability buddy, like someone who's going to tell you, or you're only going to go with a certain amount of time a day, you're only going to go to a certain channel, or you're going to make a hard and fast rule. I did for myself. I am not watching any videos of anything that happened right. on that day in real time. That is I don't think we I have, the, I just don't think we have the emotional capacity, Correct. the, 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 the mental capacity it's not to, to process that. We're like, not you helping know. anybody. Also, like, it right. doesn't, like, what all we do if we do that is we feel like we want to, like, cry for the, for the loss. And that's wonderful, and we should because it shows that we care, but we're not helping anybody. See, but Molly, it's interesting. I have this self-discipline. I have the self-discipline. I asked Johnny, too. I have the self-discipline to not watch, meaning... There are things I won't see. 
I, I just won't do it. I won't. I like. I'll scroll over it. I know what it's what's in there, and I won't look at it. But I, I think about my kids. Okay, so and they're on their phones, and I cannot. I, I cannot. No, no. I'm sorry. My I'm sorry. My kids are. 1920. I said to my 16 year old, I am telling you as a mother, this is like a keep it of a aim issue. You are not to watch any of those videos. I said it straight out to her. Uh. You're right. The older ones, I, I mean, I told them I don't think it's healthy, but I, I, I like right. to me, it was like that was I, I don't often like I, I, like that, I go to sleep. I, I go to sleep early and wake up early and they're not going to sleep and they never go to sleep because that's what they do. They're, right. But, the, but, the but they're on their phones and it's like they're sending with each other. Yes, I, I, but explain to them that it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Go cook some more cookies. And yes, there, there actually there actually was just put out like a for the Noir how to get your mm-hmm. news. Go mm-hmm. on there. Be on there. Talk yeah, to your friends. Mel, uh, you're so you're totally right, but you're also naive. And they're not doing that. And and you know, oh, you know, know the kids okay. that as and soon as the kid is a smartphone, we're gonna have to process. Guys, okay, so we have to do as much as we can. And we sorry, have teachers Johnny, also who are doing that. I'm so sorry, I'm just gonna finish this. Um, we have teachers who can say this, and we have psychologists who can say this, and we have parents who can say this, and we are also going to have to pick up the pieces of the mm-hmm. trauma of Correct. an entire country that has been completely traumatized. Yeah, Johnny, sorry. Right. So so by by one thing, you you leap to something I didn't mention. There, there were two things which we've unfortunately conflated. Number one was the real-time phone calls to news stations. And I was just about to say, and I have to say the, the anchors did an admirable job of doing exactly what you say, what you've just said to those people. They tried to help them focus. They asked them real questions. They couldn't save them uh, necessarily. I mean, some they actually did. But ultimately, they were a voice of calm in a storm that nobody could even make sense of. And I want to firstly say, not that that's easy watching and easy listening, but that's actually a masterclass of how to handle the worst of cases in the light uh, in a good way. There is something completely different that we've mentioned, which are the videos of Jews who are butchered, who have been beaten up, who've been captured, who've been demeaned, which I refuse to watch. I have not watched one second. Most of the news channels, certainly the one that was on, did not show those, and I'm proud of them for not doing so, did not refuse not to, and since I have not, other news channels have. I think that's irresponsible, and I agree with you. This will uh, do tremendous harm to, to lots of people for many years to come. And so understanding what you deal with, how to deal with what could be coming your way is important. But that wasn't my main point. Uh, but instead, it was about actually processing and putting into practice the things that you just said in terms of dealing with people who are in a crisis situation. Fight or flight's good, but what happens if you can't flight? And you, what happens if you can't fight? Then you talk, right? And you find ways to talk. And that's what you touched on. Uh, just two other quick things, though. Um, we talked about things that you can do to calm yourself. That's great. Something that I do is I learn. I haven't been able to learn. I didn't learn on Shabbat, not because I didn't have a room of books. I do. Yeah. I, just my head was nowhere near right. there. And even said, so I've honored my daily practice of learning the daft, but I've written like a couple of lines. My head is no way in uh, in that. I just said I was waiting in line in the supermarket just before when I came across a volume of the Nefer Chaim. I looked at it. If you think my head can be in that, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I'm not on that level. So there are certain things which yeah, we should stop and tell people. Actually, it's interesting. That's also part of the experiences. Like half the country is away, 
So many services are not available. So when Johnny says he spent two hours in the grocery store, it's because there are no tellers. There's no checkers. There's no... So you so yeah, that's one of get the things food. on the list is to uh to volunteer in uh, Rami Levy to help. By the way, right. Johnny, I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that. I want to see if I can do that. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be uh, I think that's a perfect example of where you give yourself compassion, right? It's like, right. oh my goodness, I can't even learn. Like my normal coping mechanism has been taken from me. How traumatized must I be, or whatever word you want to use? How much pain must I be? Must I be in? what kind of strong emotions and give yourself as much compassion for yourself and say, okay, I can't learn. So what do I, what, what, what yeah, yeah, I but my, so Molly, my other reaction is, but I'm the head of a family. I'm like, yes, compassion for myself, but our kids need us to be strong. Also, you can do those are not contradictory things. You do, you can do both, mm. but you could, that's another thing. It's also conserving your energy, which is what I said before. It's just like, I cannot think straight, which is why I need to conserve my energy. I need energy for my kids and energy for myself. And that's it. And no, I I'll therefore I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't take on things. I'm only going to take on things that I uh, that I that are absolutely necessary. And that's where I really I have to keep beating in the compassion because everybody thinks my bad is like Johnny. I'm not sure he's not saying this, but like, what's wrong with me that I can't? You know, am, is it bad that I can't learn? It's Torah. I should be learning it. Johnny's not saying, but somebody else might be saying that. Or my daughter says, "Well, I don't want to." go I'm thinking about Johnny. Honestly, Johnny's always a learner. You know, I'm kidding. No, but you know what I'm, I'm saying. Not, like, I'm not like, saying this, but 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 our point is that that thing that. Has been an anchor through COVID, through my wife yeah, being sick. Yeah, it's taken. Like, it was taken away. All from of us. You. That the, mm -hmm. the point is, it, even even going through a really worrying time of COVID and, and a petrifying time, my wife was sick. It's nothing like yeah. that existential threat that we've been experiencing for the past few days. It's it's actually even not comparable. And those were not insignificant crises uh, for anybody to go through. Uh, and I'll say just one further thing though about giving oneself compassion i mean so, so i'm trying to do that kind of saying give yourself a break you want to learn great don't don't worry about it um actually two further things number one uh you, you mentioned we talked about how people feel i got a message from somebody last night uh writing on behalf of their child i won't mention who because it's confidential but the child's going through survivor guilt uh, and there's going to be this um there are Yishuvim where 10 to 20% of the community were massacred on Shabbat. And, and they're burying their dead, but the other 80-90% are broken and shattered. Their parents are burying their kids who are broken and shattered. And, and there's trauma upon trauma going on here. I mean, with the, the people who are murdered are in now 7-800. I don't even remember the, the eight, latest number, but we collectively know some of those people. Like, or that in a normal world, we would build these Leviahs, we would build these Shivers. I don't think I'm going to be at any of those, but, but uh, I would ordinarily. And then there's also that guilt of, oh my gosh, I wasn't even there for you. And and figuring out what your loyalties and duties are is incredibly important. Um, and uh, I can't even remember what the other thing that I was going to say. That's the point. And, and my head is foggy and yeah. because this is what's happening. So Thank you for the tips because <laughs> I think all of us are generally fairly coherent people. I'm being less coherent yeah. because of the situation, because this is for real. This yeah. isn't uh, a minor blow that's happening in a small place that's upset a few people. This is a massive blow, a massacre of the Jewish people in one day, which we haven't seen since the Shoah. It happened, you know within 30 40 minutes of where i live each of you not much further uh we all know people and uh we're all still shaking and it goes back to that pasuk you know the third day 
And the, well, the interesting thing about the third day in the Torah is we have a strong spiritual memory for three days and it kind of wanes. But but I don't think that's going to happen because when you lose people really important to you or when you go through such a powerful crisis, I think it stays with you. And knowing how to process it, which is what we're talking about today, is one of the most important things we can share with our listeners. I agree with you. I want to, sh- I want to close. We're going to close soon because we, we could talk for a long time. But uh, we all have things to do. Um, I, I happen to be reading a, a book, uh, like an early biography of John F. Kennedy. And the, the book itself is about Kennedy. I don't I could, you know, It's less interesting. The Kennedy family is less interesting, but it's really a description of the of America in the very pre-war years. Mm. And and so it just so happened that on like I don't know Shabbat, I'm I'm reading about what happened when they learned about Kristallnacht. And people began to understand what the what the Nazi regime was really all about. And some people blew it up. Some people just ignored it or pretended to ignore it. But the world began to understand, you know, and thinking about it in retrospect on Kristallnacht, you know how many people died on Kristallnacht? Anybody know? A little over 100. You know, they rounded them up and it was the beginning of things to come. So it's just, it, it, you know, the numbers we're talking about really boggle the mind. But at the same time, I found myself thinking, yes, it was terrible. Yes, nothing has changed about our enemy's desire to destroy us. Nothing about that has changed, except for the fact that we have a country that's going to respond. And except for the fact that when we're attacked, we have people and an army who have the ability to protect us and defend us and stand up for uh, uh, the, the, the Jewish nation in a way that we never had before. And I think we've, we... We, we sometimes we forget that and we, we or we neglect that fact or, you know, like and we forget how powerless. If we think about how powerless we felt or we feel in our Yishuvim, OK, like there are remedies for that. I, I just tried to imagine how powerless someone living in some tiny Jewish community in Germany felt who was literally powerless and had no ability to protect themselves or save themselves. So for me, some level of nechama is the understand is the knowledge that I'm privileged to live in in Medinat Yisrael. I'm privileged to send my children. I'm privileged to have Mali's son sitting where he's sitting and protecting us. As mm-hmm. scary as that is, all of us have our children and our 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 loved ones. They're they're doing what they're doing as we speak, but they're doing what they're doing to defend and protect us and stand up for the dignity and the safety and the security of the Jewish people. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. Mm. Can I just add one more thing to that? Sure. Sure. Uh, I thought that was a good close, though. Didn't you? Think it that was. was like good, it really. I'm sorry, it was but, I, good. but I, I think this is a really <laughs> important point to make for the, for the people who are listening because I don't want it. To, I think to understand what's happening in Israel, we have to add what you add what you're saying, which is first of all, what, what, when you, you were talking, it said it reminded me that it's important to talk about so many of the fallen soldiers. We somebody in our yeshiv is one of them lost a son who in Ofakim in the battle in Ofakim. But the hey, what was his name? What was his name, please? Um, um, you Yonatan don't remember No, I do. I just didn't think if I could say it, but why not? It's publicized. Sure. You know, it's, it's it's important Hashem for us to mention them. each of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, the stories of the uh, again, we're going to have to figure out what went wrong here and how how you know what ha- what what went wrong. Let's just say, but the the stories of Gvura of the people who actually um, fought. And and prevented more deaths 
and the soldiers who died and the the um the policemen who died and the, they're, 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 these are going to be these are going to be stories of incredible bravery that i think it's important to mention them as well and to also add that the morale of the jewish people at this point we are two things at once right there's this like tremendous trauma and 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 shattering and like it's going to take a long time to process and the there's an incredible unity and strength that's coming through in the country right now the support for the troops it's just incredible what's going on in the country it's just unbelievable the amount of of uh donations and food and and support for the soldiers and I can't even like describe it because it's just there's so much of it. And, and the soldiers themselves, their their spirit and they, they and their desire to to protect the to the to, to go in there and 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 we're not uh thank God, as you said, we're we're not anymore a nation that that is um we, a weak. I just read this um by Rabbi Tal about the 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 Kippur War. And it has a lot of parallels. And he says, like, and it, it's still not Galut. We're still in a Chalta de Geula, and there are things that are different. And I think that's what you're pointing to. And, like, there is, I don't know if you guys feel it. I don't know. You can tell me, but I see it. I see the, like, incredible um, resilience and and strength and love and and unity and brotherhood and sisterhood and 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 feeling of family and feeling of support that is now being poured out in the country. Five hours, people are standing in Dizengoff. Dizengoff that we were talking about last week. Mm. People are waiting there five hours to give blood. And there's so and, and there's 150% Miluim. People are begging El Al to let them get on planes to come and fight because they got their, cons- their conscription. I, I doubt we didn't want to get into that. I have a lot to say. I really but, do about that. I'm just saying, I That's just for another say, podcast. I, did, we'll okay, talk about it another I just, time. The reason I'm mentioning it is because I want people to understand that with all of our mourning, right, and with all of our pain, where there's also a lot of there's still a lot of strength in this country, and to me that's a, really an important thing to point out that we are drawing on our strengths, which is also a part of uh, how we how we respond how we respond to trauma, is through post traumatic growth. Okay, I, I think we'll stop here. I want to say to our listeners, continue continue reaching out. It does mean something to us. Continue just to call to talk, see how you're doing. You know, do the things that you need to do. Make your donations. Call your congressman, post pro-Israel. It, it's really, really important. All those things are important. If your kids want to send pictures to Israeli soldiers, they like that too. Make sure that you do what you can do to be a part of this effort because it, it's going to need all of us. I want to thank Molly for, and Johnny for taking the time. We hope this uh, conversation has been beneficial for you. As always, it's beneficial to me just to talk a little bit. And I think that's something that also we need to learn how to do, to talk and share how we're thinking and how we're feeling. And uh, and uh, hopefully that makes us the sharing, makes us uh, and the considering and the thinking about and uh, using the steps that Molly talked about will help us uh, deal with this just incredible, incredible, incredibly difficult time. Okay, everyone, we, we, we pray for our soldiers' safety. We pray for our children, for our sons and daughters. We pray for Am Yisrael. And uh, we'll be back hopefully soon to talk again in the next RZ Weekly. Have a great week, everybody.